0: Management. If you or someone you know has a child with autism in their family, answers and support can be hard to come by. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio with host, Dr. Bill Freya. We will offer practical information for parents of children of all ages, as well as explore treatment topics and recent research related to autism. Now, here is Dr. Bill Freya. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to another week of Autism Spectrum Radio. Uh, this is actually Rob Haupt, uh, your host this week. And uh, for those of you who don't know me, I'm the uh, vice president of business development at Autism Spectrum Therapies, uh, an agency providing uh, autism services throughout the country. Um, I'm also a board-certified behavior analyst with over 10 years' experience working with individuals with autism. And some of you may also know me through, through my video blogs, my uh, blogs on YouTube, as well as just some information and posts I put on Facebook on a regular basis for autism spectrum therapies. Um, we started this show with an idea about bringing information to the community, bringing families, professionals, and the whole community together. And I think that's been a great mission and a great just goal of this show. And today's topic, I think is the biggest issue facing our community. Uh, in, in my humble opinion, um, clearly there's a lot that we need to look at. The the autism community has a lot to pay attention to. Um, obviously there is a lot of emotion. There's a lot that we need to be cautious of when we think about our children and how to best support them. But right now when we look at what kind of supports are out there, we also need to think about how are we going to get those supports to the kids? And our topic this week is insurance. And the the idea of autism insurance reform and going around the country, getting the opportunity to speak to families, this seems to be a real topic that is just resonating with everyone. In in some states, it's the simple fact that only 30 states in the nation have passed autism insurance reform. Uh, Basically, about 40% of the country doesn't have autism insurance reform. That means their families are not able to use their health insurance to get services for their children and in a lot of states there's not state funding options the schools have limited resources and that means families are looking at very expensive services for a lot of hours and looking to have to pay for those out-of-pocket and i know my family i know what it was like growing up i I can't imagine how we would have done that and and how we would have made that happen Um, in other states where there is a reform we just don't understand Uh, i'm talking to you now from California and we have a newly passed reform, uh, it's called SB946, it just went into effect in July and after the initial excitement wore off we realized we need to understand this because we don't and we need to understand how the insurance companies work and And frankly the insurance companies really needed to learn how we worked. Um, And I know that's true in in all the states I work in. Uh, I've been in Louisiana providing services there, and they go through a lot of the same issues of how do we navigate this new system. The same is true in New York, in in Boston, in Seattle, in in all the places I've been. That seems to be the consistent theme because it's complicated. Um, That's one of my goals of today's show is to start talking about how to navigate this. Uh, The show really or our topic today has really come out of just a series of talks that I've been giving. For the last two years, I've really had the, I guess the pleasure as well as the challenge of immersing myself into autism insurance reform, understanding the law, not so much from the advocacy point of view, but really understanding how do service providers get themselves approved. How does a family go about obtaining an authorization? What kind of services are going to be approved and under what circumstances, because it varies. There's not a black and white, one-size-fits-all. We really need to look at it case by case and, and unfortunately, sometimes even state by state to get to the right answer. And I've been amazed by, as I've toured, particularly around California, the response I've been getting to some of the workshops and some of the questions that I've been getting. So a, a workshop that I've anticipated maybe having 10 people show up Fifty people come to full of questions. Uh, Just the other day I was in San Diego and I had the the pleasure of speaking to about 60 parents who all came armed with questions. And they weren't even just the, the basic questions or the first round questions. You could see a lot of these families, they've been working on it. They've been working on getting an insurance approval. They've been working on getting services for their child. And now they're navigating with the, okay, I've got an approval, but now what? Or I got denied, so now what? And I think those now what questions are, are really the big challenge. Uh, you look at the bills and they seem clear, but when you start getting into the implementation of the bills, that's when it starts to get complicated. So I know we have some questions that have already been posted to us uh, via email as well as Facebook and I think they're going to do a great job of really getting to the core of some of these issues. Um, as well, we're going to have a hopefully you guys are going to call in. Uh, I have uh, a number for you to call. Our number here is 866-472-5792. Um, and I really encourage you to call in with any questions that you have or or any issues you've been facing because this is hard. This is challenging and I think this is the time for all of us to get together and really learn from one another's experiences and be that support system and network for one another to really help our children because it's it's really about the community. It's really about us looking to our community to rally together and and find the best support for our kids and for one another. So with that long intro and, and that long explanation, uh, now that, let's get into the content. Let's get into the topic. Of insurance let's talk a little bit about what families are facing and uh, some ways that you can go about helping your child if if autism insurance is something that you want to pursue one of the first questions I want to start off with that didn't come from Facebook didn't come from a uh, email it actually came from the talk I I gave a few weeks ago or sorry a few nights ago uh, down in San Diego is a family asked me about whether or not they actually needed to buy autism insurance. And if they were going at buying insurance, would they be disqualified because of autism? So the first part of that answer is this is not about a specific type of insurance. All of these autism insurance reform mandates, the the 30 or, or maybe actually be up to 31 now that are in these different states apply to medical insurance. It applies to the regular medical insurance that that you may have. Um, The thing to keep in mind is that this these bills don't apply to Medicaid or if you live here in California with me, they don't apply to Medi-Cal. So when you're looking at insurance reform, it really applies to it really applies to private insurance plans now there are some exceptions to that and i know we'll talk about it based on a a question that already got posted a little bit later in the show but if we just focus on the private insurance uh the from the blue cross blue shield or from an etna or from a united or or the the host of different insurance companies out there it's the these bills say that the medical insurance or specifically your mental health coverage in your medical insurance or health insurance has to cover autism services. Now, the issue that came up there in this question that this mom was very concerned about was, is autism a preexisting condition? And will that disqualify her child from getting services? And the answer to that question is no. They can't exclude you based on a preexisting condition. Uh, There's a few different reasons and there's a few different laws as to why that's the case, but they can't do that in that case because these, uh, they look at mental health parity as well as some of the federal statutes that have been passed about autism to make sure that someone who has autism or a diagnosis who taps into their insurance or buys new insurance can't be disqualified, can't be denied services because of that explanation of a pre existing condition. Now, there's a whole host of other reasons that I have no doubt we're going to talk about in the show. But I wanted to make sure everyone understood that right away. If you go and look to obtain insurance right now, if you called up, you know, if you you pick up the phone after seeing one of the commercials that I know I see pretty much every football game every Sunday is you must see a Cigna or an Etna or something, Uh, you pick up the phone, you call that number, and you go about getting new insurance, they will not deny you autism insurance because of a pre-existing condition. So that's a really important point for us to start with. Uh, We've got our first caller on the line. So I'm gonna take this call. Uh, Lisa from L.A., uh, thanks for calling. Lisa, do we have you?
0: Or does it depend on the company?
1: Sorry, Lisa, can you repeat that question? I couldn't hear the beginning of it.
0: Sure, I was wondering if there is a limit to how much
1: my insurance company has to pay for services or is there a maximum, or does it depend on the company itself? That's a great question. It actually, uh, it does depend, there are some limits, but it depends actually on which state you live in and which state administers your insurance plan. So if you live in California like me, our state law says that there is no limit. There's no cap to how much the insurance company can or should spend on a child with autism. If you happen to live in another state such as uh, Illinois and you fall under Illinois state law, then you would have a cap. And their cap Mm -hmm. is actually $36,000. So- it's really important for you to think look at the law of which state you live in. So where you're in the LA. Yeah,
2: I'm in Los and Angeles. And so
1: So you're like me. Your child wouldn't have a cap associated with services. So the insurance company cannot exclude any service saying, Nope, you've hit your limit or you've hit your, your maximum. There's no maximums based upon um, number of visits number of hours, or even number of dollars. It's solely based upon what does your child need, who, what professionals are, are recommending, and what is deemed medically necessary. If it's medically necessary for your child, then you should qu- have that be approved underneath your plan. Um, and real quick, bef- before we get into the break, uh, a great way to think about medical necessity for every parent is actually a definition that Kristen Jacobson gave us on the show a few months back. Uh, Kristen was an autism advocate who said that the way to think about medical necessity is that, is this directly related to the core deficits of the child's autism? Mm. And so if you go back to how your child qualified for a diagnosis under what needs and under what goals, then you're able to figure out, okay, based on that, this is medically necessary. And if these services address that, then it should be approved.
2: Okay. Well, thank you very much.
1: Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for calling. Uh Uh-huh. All right. We've got to take a commercial break now, but we'll be right back after the break. Thanks, guys.
0: Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. At Autism Spectrum Therapies, we understand how confusing funding options have become, as well as the difficulties that often come with seeking insurance approval. Our knowledgeable insurance team can help you become informed about your options and assist you in securing the services your child needs and deserves. Our client advocates specialize in obtaining pre-authorization for insurance coverage of AST's services. If you have questions about your insurance coverage, call our insurance team today at 866-278-1520.
2: Everyone deserves a life filled with happiness, confidence, and achievements. Code Metro, developers of NPA Works, business management software, is proud to partner with Autism Spectrum Therapies and its efforts in creating futures for individuals with autism. To fulfill our duties, we promise a special needs product that helps organizations operate efficiently, providing them with a business system that evolves as rapidly as they do. The results? A streamlined practice to help maintain quality services. Discover how we help businesses succeed at npaworks.com. Need to replace aging IT infrastructure? Want a way to scale IT resources on demand? looking for affordable disaster recovery alternatives, then maybe the cloud is for you. If you aren't sure where or how to start, CenterBeam can help. Over the past decade, we've moved hundreds of clients to the cloud and for a limited time are offering a 25% discount on a cloud readiness assessment. It includes detailed recommendations for your transition to the cloud and is yours to keep. Call 877-710-8880 or visit centerbeam.com forward slash Voice America. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. And we are doing our second ever call-in show. We, uh, we're taking your calls. We're taking your emails, answering your questions about probably your favorite and least favorite topic all at the same time, insurance. And really looking at it from the standpoint of autism insurance reform. Uh, I wanted to follow up on the the last question we took right before the break. I know I was uh, focusing a little bit more on California. And I want to make sure that everyone who's listening in another state really kind of gets that piece uh, you really need to look when you think about caps and limits to what kind of services you may have in your state It's really important to go back to the mandate and anyone who's not sure I really recommend going to autismvotes.org Autism votes is the, the public policy or an advocacy part of autism speaks. They have an incredible website I use it probably once a week to even refresh my own memory and They actually have great frequently asked questions for each state and will tell you very clearly what are the limits associated with your state's mandate because they're all over the place. It could be, in some cases, it's as low as $12,000 and in other cases, it's unlimited. And there's multiple states that mirror one another, but then there's some that have just uh, their own unique uh, bills. So go to that website. I think it'll really help you a lot. It's something, like I said, I use and I recommend all AST's families use as well. All right, so let's get into the next question. Um, the next question we have here is another one that uh, we got uh, prior to the show via Facebook, And it is sorry, give me a second, I'm just trying to look through my notes and grab it. Uh, oh, here we go. The question is, what does it mean when my plan is self-funded? So that's a term that may be really new to you guys. I feel like we talk insurance and everyone kind of knows HMO and PPO, and that's something I know that was ingrained in me right away, okay, I'm on an HMO, that means I have to stay in network. I've got a PPO, now I have more options. You learn that right away, and no one really talks about self-funded versus fully funded, because that distinction is the key when you're looking at mandates, state mandates or federal mandates. So when you look at your insurance plan, you're going to have a plan that's either self-funded or it's going to be fully funded. The fully funded plans are ones that are overseen and managed by the insurance company and therefore has to cover or sorry, it must uh, adhere to any and all federal and state mandates. So all of these fully funded plans are the ones that this autism insurance reform mandates apply to. The self-funded plans are the opposite. They're not overseen and managed exclusively by the insurance company. The the employer or the company themselves or the business themselves oversees it. So you may work for a really large company. They may have what's called a self-funded plan, meaning they're self-administering or self-treating uh, the claims or the claim costs and expenses. Um, they're also oftentimes called ERISA Plans um, as uh, stated in uh, state insurance law. And those plans have a lot more say. They have a lot more control. And they basically don't have to follow a state mandate. And they can decide what they want to cover and what they don't. So if you have a state, a self funded plan, you don't automatically have autism. Insurance reform. You don't automatically have services associated with autism. You actually have to look at the plan. And that's true even here in California, where we have these unlimited plans, these unlimited caps. It doesn't matter. If you have a self funded plan, that mandate doesn't necessarily apply to you. And what's hard about that is about 40% of people with private insurance in California have a self funded plan. And there's actually states, uh, I believe I heard a few years ago that New Jersey. About 75% of people in New Jersey had a self-funded plan. Um, So it varies state by state. However, there are some states – or sorry, some self-funded plans or some companies that provide ABA or autism benefits to their employees. A great example is Microsoft. Microsoft has a great autism benefit and provides great autism services underneath their benefit. Uh, Home Depot is another company that has a self-insured plan that covers ABA. Uh, people who have Time Warner Cable out here in California, employees of Time Warner Cable who have insurance through them have a, that type of service. So you really need to look at your plan and really look to see, do they cover autism services or specifically ABA? Um, if for some reason your self-funded plan does not cover ABA, That doesn't mean you're completely out or completely out of luck. If you're here in California, then that means you would probably still be eligible for regional center services or state-funded services, and the same is likely true in other states if there's a state funding mechanism. Uh, If there's not a state funding mechanism, if you don't have that as an option, you still have the right to appeal the decision of your self-funded plan. And appeal to them and say, these are the reasons why we believe that this is medically necessary for our child. And I've actually spoken to a lot of families and heard from a lot of families that they've they've had success doing this. There's a lot of different people out there who have been able to advocate for themselves. In some cases, we, uh, professionals have been able to help make a, uh, a claim or um, make an argument for why something is medically necessary. And if it's deemed medically necessary, the self-funded plan will fund it. It's a longer process. You are going to have to go through a denial and appeals process, which, to be honest, can be intimidating. It's intimidating to go up there against anyone, insurance company, school district, you name it. It, That can be a, a little bit of an intimidating situation. But if you're able to be organized, if you're able to be thorough, if you've got the recommendations and reports from a psychologist, your pediatrician, a neurologist, uh, professional ABA, board-certified behavior analysts, those groups of people, you're actually able to do a lot and the insurance company will change their mind. Um, I actually just have a family I worked with who just went through this process and it took about two months, but they were able to obtain services that they were originally denied for, that the insurance company agreed, these kids need. So it's not that you're completely out of luck, but I think the key thing to know is which plan do you have, self or fully funded? And if you are concerned or if you don't know, two easy ways to find out is going to be to talk to your HR department or to just call the 800 number on the back of your card and ask them. They should both be able to tell you really quickly what the answer is. And then based on that, you can figure out your next move. All right. Uh, you got a long answer on that one. Sorry, it's as I said, it's been two years of my life living the, the insurance world. Uh, so let's get to our next question. Um, this was through an email. And the question is, what types of services or programs are covered by insurance? Is it only ABA? So that's a great question because it's actually a little complicated. When we talk about autism insurance reform, this this blanket statement, these these state mandates, they're actually primarily about ABA, applied behavior analysis. They're looking to make sure that ABA services, which up until recently have really been thought of as experimental um, despite a, a wealth of, of research that's been done to state otherwise, uh, it, it's mandating that the insurance companies fund that service. Services such as speech and occupational therapy, those have actually been covered for a number of years. An important distinction to keep in your mind is that when you're dealing with the insurance company, you've kind of got like two wings, two sides to the house. You've got mental or behavioral health, and then you've got your medical. ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, falls under the mental health or behavioral health. Same thing, same area as counseling, as maybe your therapy, uh, a traditional one-on-one therapy session. That's where your psychologists fall in. Maybe that's where your uh, diagnostic assessment was funded through. The other side of the house is medical, and that's where the OT and the speech come in. So these mandates we're talking about were really about making sure ABA was covered underneath the behavioral or mental health part of the insurance company. So OT and speech is another option, but when we talk about this mandate or when we talk about the mandates of different states, keep in mind that it's really primarily focused on ABA and how to go about obtaining ABA coverage rather than OT and speech. When you do look to go to OT and speech, if you do have that as a covered benefit in your medical health insurance, just keep in mind that you will likely have some limits. There'll be some limits to how many visits you you qualify for. I have some families I work with who have a 24-visit limit. Some have a 48-visit limit, and these are visits per year. So you want to look at your plan. When in doubt, look at your explanation of benefits. Look to see the summary of what's covered, how much is covered, what are the copays associated with that coverage, know all of it, really get it down. Because you want to make sure you uh, you know the details of your plan. Because the OTN speech is really uh, driven by your plan, not by the mandate itself. The mandates really apply to the caps and the limits for the ABA. Okay. I'm uh, going to do one more quick question right before the break, because we've got a couple more minutes. Uh, the question that I want to touch upon, and I haven't gotten this yet, but I want to make sure we go back to it, is uh, Medicaid and Medi-Cal. I think I said earlier on that... Medicaid and Medi-Cal uh, services or Medicaid insurance isn't required to provide ABA services underneath these mandates. The one thing you should do is keep in mind that some of this is changing. There's some changes coming. I know the state of Florida, their, uh, one of their state Supreme Courts made a ruling saying that Medicaid needs to fund ABA services. State of Washington, has some big changes happening right now where there was actually a significant lawsuit which is going to be looking at Medicaid up there covering ABA services as well. Unfortunately, that's the minority, not the majority. So for the most families out there, if you have Medicaid or if you're in California and you have Medi-Cal, that will not cover ABA services. You may have some speech or OT covered. You may have some psychological services um, from a, a licensed psychologist covered, but not ABA. All right. With that answer, we're going to head into the break. We'll be right back after these commercials.
2: Learn more. Live better. Voice America Health & Wellness. Shepard
0: Mullen Richter in Hampton is a proud supporter of autism spectrum therapies. Shepard Mullen is a full-service law firm with more than 570 attorneys in 14 offices located in the United States, Europe, and Asia. Companies turn to Shepard Mullen to handle corporate and technology matters, high-stakes litigation, and complex financial transactions. For more information, please visit ShepardMullen.com.
2: BDO is dedicated to service from serving our clients to serving the communities in which we live and work. Through BDO Counts, our national corporate volunteer program, employees across the country volunteer their time, talent, and resources for the good of local communities. And now, BDO is proud to support autism spectrum therapies. We believe in doing our best to make the world a little better. That's why people who know community involvement know BDO. At Autism Training Solutions, we know what it's like to work with children with autism. And we know what professional development can do for a school, a child, and a family. That is why we want to give 50 schools in the U.S. access to ATS professional development for a whole year. All you need to do is tell us how ATS would make a difference for your team in a one-minute video or a 500-word essay. For a complete set of rules, visit AutismTrainingSolutions.com
0: This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, please send an email to more info at autism That's more info at autism Now back to the program. Hey, welcome back to Autism Spectrum
1: Radio. We are answering your questions. I am Rob Haupt and we're talking insurance this week. Um, before we get into your questions, though, I want to uh, hark back to a question that I heard over my last presentation. Um, if you can't tell, I was really really kind of just taken by that my last talk just because it was really great to talk to families who are in it, who have three months have gone by since the mandate, and, and the questions that they were getting to were just really deep core questions to really understand the intricacies of what we're dealing with. Um, and I had this great family uh, talked to me about Tricare. Uh, anyone who's not familiar with Tricare, it's the, uh, it's the military's insurance plan. And, uh, for those not familiar with Southern California and San Diego, there's actually a really large, uh, military base in San Diego in the northern part of the county. And a, a lot of families really seek Tricare services and utilize their Tricare insurance for a lot of services where their children, um, And one of the things she was asking me about is that in June, there was actually uh, a federal ruling that has major implications on TRICARE and major impact on military families, because uh, a federal judge, actually, I I misspoke, it's actually July, um, in which the federal court or the district court said that ABA services offered under TRICARE needed to be offered not just to active military personnel, which they have been for for quite some time, but they also needed to be offered to retirees as well as uh, people in the reserves. And, And this is massive. This is monumental because there are a lot of people in the military or who I misspoke who were in the military who are retired now who have lost that ABA or autism benefit for their child. Um, I went to Autism Votes to get an update because what this mom was articulating to us is that despite this ruling, which started to be talked about actually in June, but really came in July, she hasn't seen that change yet because there's some interim policies in place that haven't made that ABA service available to her yet. And in going to Autism Speaks, they actually put a really good, um, quote out there is that 23,000 military dependents are affected by autism. And I thought that was monumental. You've got 23,000 kids or dependents or children of somebody who would benefit from these services, who theoretically should qualify for these services, who may not be getting it. And these distinctions. So, I wish I had an answer for you of what to do, how to go about getting that help. And and unfortunately, I didn't have the answer for this mom who who was asking the question. But I think if if you are in the military, uh, it's really important to sign up for the autism demonstration project. Uh, It's something that you are eligible if you are active in the military. It's, It's a great benefit. It's a great service. It's something that I know I've worked with for a number of years. And they do a really great job about getting services to the kids. Um, But if you are a retiree and you're looking at what options are there for my child now that I'm retired, I think this is a critical issue for you. And I think it's a big issue for all of us because, you know, making sure that we all have equal access and coverage should be a big part and a big goal of our community. Because like I said at the top of the show, we can all kind of learn – from one another and work with one another to go about getting better coverage and support for all of our kids. Um, so again, Autism Votes is a great resource here. Um, I would recommend that if you are a retiree, also checking in with your local, uh, with your local program. I know they're broken up into three subcategories across the country, a North region, a South region, and a West region. So getting in touch with your care manager, really making sure you understand the interim program. I know autism votes and, and some others were a little concerned about the interim policy and I don't know it well enough yet to really give you my, my full opinion, but I think it's something that you should really look at and, um, learn for yourself. But something is coming, something is brewing, and I just want everyone to be aware of it, um, because it could lead to a lot of good, uh, We're going to take another caller now. Uh, We have Tony calling in from Texas. Hey, Tony, how's it going?
0: Uh, Very well. How are you?
1: Doing all right. What can I help you with?
0: Well, I'm actually wondering if maybe you can just kind of discuss a little more in depth um, what we as families kind of need to to prepare for to get in place uh, in order to get more approval from insurance companies for more autism services and things to that nature.
1: You got it. Um, When you look at the first step, There's probably three critical, there's three critical things that I ask for families to get organized, to get their services or to get services approved. And the first one is probably the most important. Your child needs to have a formal diagnosis and that diagnosis needs to be in writing and in a report from a pediatrician, a neurologist, a licensed psychologist, uh, someone who is licensed in the state to provide a diagnosis of autism. One of the things that I've learned is that the reason you need that report is the insurance companies are looking at what type of assessments and what type of measures were used to provide this diagnosis. And I think one of the reasons for that is that they want to look to see that what are the core deficits? Um, We were talking earlier about... The core deficits of autism really being the key piece to help determine medical necessity. And I think that's why they're really looking at those assessments so closely. Um, but I from my experience, that's a must. You must have it. And most insurance companies, not all, are looking for an assessment from within the last five years. So if your child is a little bit older and has an older assessment, you may need to get a reevaluation. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, if at all possible, that diagnostician, whoever it was, if they're making a recommendation for specific types of services, uh, in my world, I primarily do ABA. So when I have that licensed psychologist recommending ABA or even writing a prescription for ABA, that makes my life a lot easier. That makes it a lot easier to get that approval because it stands as an extra justification for why this service is needed. The third thing is going to be the insurance company needs to be really clear on what goals are you working on. So that's where a BCBA like myself comes in. I come in and I look at the report from your uh, diagnostician. I look at all these core deficits. I meet you. I meet your child. I do observations and take baseline measures. And I say, what are the key goals we're gonna work on that are gonna treat this medical need? And that relates back to that core deficit. So what ends up working out really well is, if I have a neurologist who diagnoses a child, recommends ABA, and then me as a BCBA recommend goals to treat the needs the neurologist identified, now I have a perfect package. That middle recommendation or that middle prescription, it's okay if you don't have it. The critical things are those two bookends. These are the core needs of this child as, as recommended by a licensed professional. These are the key goals we're going to work on as recommended by a board-certified behavior analyst. That's the foundation of everything. And then you go on and recommend as you go... What's great about ABA and what's great about what we do is we take so much data that we're able to track progress and recommend next steps with each progress report that we submit for reauthorization. So as long as you follow that path of what are the medical needs and how do they treat these core deficits, you should theoretically have no problem obtaining an approval from an insurance company. Does that make sense, Tony?
2: Yeah, yeah, very much so.
1: Um, any other details that you want me to go into, or is that kind of the foundation?
2: No, it definitely
0: works, but I'm trying to create that path to say, okay, go step one, go step two,
2: go step three, so that it's not the runaround back and forth, back and forth between the insurance company, and that that's really kind of the, the function of what I'm trying to get accomplished first.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I know, I understand. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. I mean, I know I've, um, I've been what I found works really well is that when you can get everyone working together, and I know that's, that's hard. I mean, I had a, uh, I've, i we, we provide services in Houston, Texas, and I know where we've had the most success is when the family was able to get the report from the, from a neurologist first, the neurologist was able to know, okay, who are the ABA people in the area I can make a referral to. So it was actually the neurologist who referred the family to me. Mm. And then we were able to create a link together with the family's permission to say, let's us collaborate and make sure that we were submitting everything together. So the insurance company wasn't getting things in pieces, but they actually got a comprehensive packet from us. So as you start the process, it's good to, you know, I always try and make recommendations to families. I, I work with kids of all ages. I work with, I talked before about older kids. And I know I make referrals out to people I respect in the community when they need a reevaluation. Because again, if we can really coordinate the care where all these professionals and are coordinating their care with the parent and the child, that can go a long way. So if if you do know of people like that who can kind of coordinate and make uh, recommendations to you for others, that that can always help a lot.
0: Great. Uh, Well, I, I appreciate your time on this.
1: Hey, Tony, thanks a lot for calling in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. All right. Uh, let's take one more question uh, before we go to break. Uh, it's a question that came in uh, via email. And uh, it, I think this is a question that really reflects the good of what the mandates can be about. Uh, question is, a friend told me that since moving to insurance, her son was able to increase his program hours 100%. Is that typical? This family clearly is from California because they probably had services from the regional center and then transitioned to insurance. Um, from my experience, that it, that is somewhat typical. Um, it, it, because it ties into medical necessity, I'm seeing families be able to get a lot more approved than they were in the past. Um, I've seen families who were operating underneath one scope with the regional centers mandate to fund who now move to this different scope of funding, who have been able to get approved for, for more hours. Um, I wouldn't say it's everyone's getting that. I know a lot of families have actually seen their programs stay the same, but some kids, depending on their circumstances, I've seen be able to get a lot more hours out of this where I've really seen the difference is for families who are brand new to the system having an easier time of getting larger, more intensive programs. That's a big difference I've seen right away. Um, and also, if you're not in California, I just wanna add that I, I've seen really good size programs available out of state too. Uh, primarily the, the state I've had the most experience with is Louisiana, and I've actually seen some really well-funded, well-designed programs that have been able to um, intensively work on the needs uh, we're on the goals and on the, the core deficits that are identified. So there are some really good funding options out there. And so this is a complicated system, but there are some real good benefits that come from this complicated system to really meet the needs of our kids. All right, we're going to head into a break, but come back for our last segment, hear a few more questions, and, uh, and hear my closing thoughts. We'll see you after the break.
2: you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. If you are considering how cloud computing might benefit your business, Cinderbeam's cloud readiness assessment can help. Our track record includes over a decade of service delivery experience, and our customer satisfaction leads the industry. We've moved hundreds of clients to the cloud and can help you identify the best strategy for your business. Call today to get a 25% discount on your assessment, 877-710-8880. The assessment is yours to keep and will provide specific insight into how the cloud can work for you. Call 877-710-8880 or visit centerbeam.com forward slash voice america. Parents of special needs individuals want to know if the care their loved ones are receiving is the best possible. We at Code Metro, developers of NPA Works, business management software for special needs providers, understand the unique necessities of running a successful organization. NPA Works helps free providers of tedious tasks like scheduling and insurance billing. Ensure your clinic is maximizing the time they give to your loved one ask if they use NPA Works. Visit us at npaworks.com to see how we can help. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: This is Autism Spectrum Radio with Dr. Bill Freya. If you have a question or comment for the host or guests, Please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody, welcome back to Autism
1: Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, and we are talking insurance today. We've been answering your questions both via email, via Facebook, as well as your phone calls, and trying to bring in some, some tips I've learned along the way through my presentations, uh, speaking to families, speaking to professionals, um, and even for those of you in California, I've even had the chance to speak to some of our regional centers, which is which has been good, really learning more and more about what they're doing and how they're responding to everything. Um, the, the next question I want to answer is one that came in via email, and I think it's the one question that probably everyone is thinking in the back of their mind. Uh, the question is that, my plan covers ABA, but my out-of-pocket costs are still too high for our family to pay without creating a financial hardship. What can we do? And I think this is the question that we all probably need to be cautious of. It's it, it's the reality. We can be thrilled about this mandate, which which I personally am, but I also know there's a reality, which is services are not cheap. Nothing we do is cheap, and right now our economy is not where we would love it to be. So, a twenty-dollar copay is not the same thing as a twenty-dollar copay five years ago. Um, it, it has a different impact on all of us. You know, I, I know I feel that every day. Um, the thing that I think you want to keep in mind is what other type of options are there for me, for me to help cover copays, And I'm going to give you a few different examples and a few different ideas of, of what you can look for or what you can potentially do. So let's start off with, with my neck of the woods. Uh, folks here in California, if you find yourself in this boat, I've got this great insurance plan, they're going to cover my uh, ABA services, but I've got this copay, and I can't afford it five days a week, week after week after week. I think you need to go contact your regional center and and make a request. The regional centers in California are all should all be covering copays at the very least on a case by case basis. There are a lot of regional centers out there that have agreed to fund copays for all of their consumers, but it 's up to the consumer to seek them out so I know again that 's something we were talking about a lot in San Diego just the other night of San Diego Regional Center has actually agreed to cover copays for their consumers, but the family needs to contact the regional center. They're, they're not the only one. There are other regional centers out there. Uh, if you are curious and you live here in California, a great way to find out what your regional center is doing is just pick up the phone, call your service coordinator, ask them, ask them for that assistant. assistance, find out their requirements, or even talk to your local Autism Society of America chapter. I recommend you reach out to them because they actually have been doing some research on this. I just spoke to a friend of mine involved with the ASA here in Los Angeles, and she let me know what they're working on. Great resource for you guys out there. But let's say you don't live in California. Uh, one thing you may want to look at is, do you have a secondary insurance? It could be medi it could be Medicaid, or maybe it's a, another insurance plan altogether. They may be able to help you through your secondary insurance cover your copays. So I've heard some stories of families who have gotten ABA approved through, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield. They have a secondary insurance through Medicaid and they've gone to Medicaid to ask Medicaid to reimburse them and cover their copays. That may be an option for you. So you should look into that. Uh, another example of this is I actually worked with a family who had private insurance and had Coverage through Tricare, and they coordinated it that way, where you uh, their private insurance picked up their their ABA services, and Tricare picked up their copay. So you may find yourself coordinating your benefits in that way as well. The last thing I want you guys to consider and to look at is your plan itself. Uh, a tip I got actually from a parent, not not even from a colleague or professional, but just from a parent I was working with. She said. I looked into my insurance plan and I realized that there were multiple options for me to select from. And what this parent did is they she picked a plan that had higher premiums but lower out-of-pocket costs. She did the math and realized based on the frequency of ABA services she wanted that it would actually cost her less to do higher premiums and lower copay costs or deductible costs than the alternative. And she actually re-registered for a new plan at the time of her open enrollment and saved quite a bit of money that way. As you do this and as you look at your plan, the one thing I also want you to keep in mind is the idea of -of out-of-pocket max. And what that means is there's a cap to how much you are going to be obligated to spend out-of-pocket per year. So don't assume that... OK, I've got a copay of $20 a visit and I'm going to have to do that every single day for an entire year. Sit down, do the math and find out and figure out if you're going to hit your out-of-pocket max. Um, because you may find yourself, in some cases I've had families, they pay their copay for six months. They hit their out-of-pocket max and then they don't pay any copays for the rest of the year. So they just front-loaded their budget. Um, the out-of-pocket max is not something we always think about, but it's something worth checking into as you think about the costs. Um, I know that doesn't help everyone and it's not easy. So, you know, I definitely think about figuring out what's best for you, looking at your budgets and and figuring out what you can make work because it's tough. It it is hard to manage all these issues and, and all these finances. Um, so we're running out of time, and I just wanted to kind of wrap up with with a few closing thoughts. Um, I know this is hard, and, and this is a really complicated situation. I, I never thought I was going to find myself in this. You know, eight years ago, being a, becoming a BCBA and really learning about ABA to be in this insurance world. So, as I started off the show, I really. Encourage everyone, learn from one another, work with one another, you know, parents seek out the support wherever you can, whenever you can. Um, A couple of resources I do want to pass along before we close is talked about autism votes. They have an amazing website, autismvotes.org. If you go to AST's website, autismtherapies.com, you get to see more of me. (laughs) I, I have a ton of videos, blogs, posts up there that I hope could be helpful. Some of them go into California in more depth. Some of them actually look at out of state a little bit more. So I hope you can use those and learn more. Uh, For families here in California, two great resources that I've worked with are Autism Health Insurance Project at autismhealthinsurance.org, the Autism Deserves Equal Coverage group. They're at autismdeservesequalcoverage.com. And then they went up in Washington, a group that I just started to work with a little bit is called the Washington Autism Alliance and Advocacy. And you can get more information about them at WashingtonAutismAdvocacy.com. All three groups are good local groups that I think can provide a lot of support. Uh, If I haven't touched on your state or your city, uh, I would encourage you to use Autism Votes as a starting off point, uh, or even give us a call. Uh, We are really fortunate to have some AST parent advocates on staff who really work with the insurance companies to navigate and assist our parents in navigating this process. Um, If you have questions, you want to get in touch with us, please feel free to do so uh, at 866-278-1520. We definitely want to be able to help in whatever way we can. Um, In my last 30 seconds, I just want to thank you all for calling in. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you all for listening. I I hope this information was really helpful. Uh, In the next few weeks, we're going to bring back some guests uh, one guest I'm particularly excited about is, uh, Molly pinney founder of the Global Autism Project and Total Autism, or not only internally. So hopefully we can expand this community beyond the country, but to the world. Uh, so I hope you tune in in two weeks to listen to her. Uh, next week we'll be back with another guest talking more about just the autism spectrum and in our community and what's facing us. Uh, until next time, I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Hope you have a great week. Hope to see you next week joining us. Take care.
0: We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join your host, Dr. Bill Freya, for another edition next week.